What is happening, ladies and gentlemen? We are here and we are ready to rock and roll with you guys. So I have been gone for, man, almost two weeks. And I got to tell you guys, my mental health has never been better. You know, when you get to that point that you're like, I didn't, I didn't like know how far down the scale of idiocy I was descending into until I stepped back for a little bit and like let the veil get pulled off. And I'm like, I'm like skipping through the neighborhood one day going, Oh my God, life's good again. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> and it turns out I just wasn't immersed in crypto shit. <laughs> That's all that it was, man. Holy crap. But we've got a, a great, great show for you today. The one and only Tali is here. Tali, thanks for joining us, my friend. We're going to be going through some clips. Uh, we're going to talk about Mr. Gary. I never owned a, a goddamn Bitcoin in my life, Gensler. And, uh, you know, there's this weird wallet hack going on that freaked me out the other day so much so that I had to regenerate my seed and move my shit because I just didn't know. I didn't know if I could trust myself enough to have that kind of OPSEC. Yeah. So. I mean, it's stressing me out. I think that's why Clay isn't here. He's probably still regenerating seed phrases. <laughs> <and jokes sometimes, laughs> right? All right. All right. All right. So, so that's what we're going to talk about. And maybe we'll talk about Apple and Goldman Sachs, but the, the name of the game today is we're going to fuck around and find out. We are going to have a fun, fun show. That's what we're going to do. Emmett, Hit it, buddy. Take us in. Let's go. Let's go. Just amps me up. Let's get it. <laughs> Boom. That's, that's, that's the point. That's what we're going for. I have, all right. So I'm drinking, it is peach mango, non-carbonated green tea Celsius. I can get it down really fast because it doesn't have carbonation, which mm -hmm. for the effect that works, you know, but, but dude, uh, I don't like it. I don't like yeah, it. You've dude. been a, you've like been a Celsius spell. chill since, since the phantom alerts days. Dude, since you know why? So they used to say on these cans, they used to say these had negative calories. That was their marketing strategy, like for a while. Yeah. Like, drink this and you will lose calories. And I was like, oh shit, I'll drink it. They're, they're the probably case. right. They're they're probably right. No, they got super sued, man. They got like they got sued. Somebody crawled right up their ass about that marketing, and they had to get rid of it. Yeah, that was well, genius, how would that though. even be possible? It'd have to like make you puke immediately. <laughs> well, so basically. There's like 10 calories in a can. We're just going to talk about Celsius today, folks. Yeah, this is a uh, Celsius 10, episode. <laughs> there's 10 calories in a can. And apparently with the spike in heart rate you get, they computed that it'll burn off more <laughs> than 10 calories, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like okay. That's a little I'm bit saying. of crack in the can. All right, so let's get into Dude, it, man. Look at that. So this has been um, an interesting, interesting morning. We have had, it was a weird, I don't know, the market just completely shit the bed here at uh, 6 a.m. UTC, which is about 2 a.m. my time. And within, within uh, two hours, it dropped from 30,300 all the way down to 29,000. Now, when you see a move like that, there's only one way to classify that. that that's, those are long liquidations. Bottom line, people were levered up to the tits and uh, they triggered, and here we go. And we know that because... If we kick over to uh, the liquidations chart over on CoinGlass, you're going to see that the amount of long liquidations, 185 million long liquidations here, which is about, it's higher than we've seen since 
21st of March, maybe even as far back as the 8th of March. So that's good. The market was probably getting a little bit frothy. Uh, people were getting a little ahead of themselves. And remember, right, just because we see pullbacks like this. Now, again, I've stated to you guys, I'm a, I'm a long-term guy, right? I'm in this for the long haul. All I'm worried about is building my core bags. That's all I'm worried about. Uh, but, you know, when it comes down to market movements, you know what the last two weeks have taught me? Just zo zooming out is really good for, like, mental health. Like, cause we, yes. you know, doing this show, like we get caught up in the, <laughs> who just put Corval as a profile? Picture? Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Strong as hell, dude. <laughs> you have fans. You have fans. But down. zooming out, like I, I was getting to the point of like, like I can't say retarded anymore. It's such a, damn it. It's such a good word and I can't use it anymore. But I was getting retarded. to that point of being like, oh my God, I'm retarded. And sorry, I said it, don't cancel me. But, uh, but like, that's what was happening, you know, being immersed in the minutia of the day-to-day -day crypto world. And, and I think a lot of it falls down on me because I go to bed at night, like cursing Gensler, cursing, you know, Biden and Liz Warren and like, you know, I'm you're taking all that leak. poison in your heart because you're looking it's at the chart. Every day. Yeah, exactly, dude. Exactly. I can't do that. I got to get off of that. You, so. you, you just have to stop looking at charts. It's cancer, man. It's cancer. Isn't that what it's Taleb cancer. says? Something like, I only look at a chart like once a week or something. Dude, like, that's the way to go because it, it, you have to have a purpose every time you're looking at a chart, in my opinion, because prices yeah. it's a brownian motion. That's it. So, Most of it's, it's just fully, noise. Fully day -day it's just noise. Yeah. So I, ha I but, did find this really interesting. Uh, we've, been, we've been chatting about, I mean, obviously we show the FedWatch tool mm. all the time on here. Um, but the amount of market participants who believe we're going to get a quarter quarter point rate bump uh, is up to 82.8%. And all I can think is these people need medication. Like there's like the, 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 the amount of flip-flopping that goes on in the Fed watch tool is absolutely unbelievable. Like we could have, you know, good uh, recession data come out or, or excuse me, good, like, employment data come out, which shows that we're not heading to a recession and they're just going to automatically assume we're getting tons of rate hikes. And then, whoops, the economy is taking a shit and everyone just goes back to now we're done. Powell's a liar and nobody knows what the hell's going on anymore. Uh, yeah. Yeah. F Fed hikes are the new sports betting event, trading, craziness, speculation. That's it. Yeah, it's uh, I had this professor who said something like, uh, I guess back in his old ass days, like however many, like 70 years ago or whatever, he was like, uh, we used to not care about the, what the Fed was doing because it would just like respond to what we we're doing. But now it's like the opposite. Everyone's like watching to see like, what's the Fed going to do? What's the Fed going to yeah. do? Yeah. And this is like, I don't know. They keep altering their, their estimations as they get closer to the date. Um, but I mean... I was always feeling pretty confident that it was going to be another rate hike. He never said anything otherwise. No, they've always said they're going to hike rates. Um, mm -hmm. Another qu quarter basis point at least. And so let's, I don't know, let's drill down and see what these people think. So in, in uh, the 14th of June, we have uh, ooh, some people even saying we're going to get another hike. But then in July, I do think it starts to come down. Yeah, so 2% of participants believe we've, we've come down. September. See, uh, you know what this tells me? Nobody has a fucking clue what's going on. That's what this tells me. Nobody knows yeah. what's happening in the financial world. 
And you know who especially doesn't have a clue what's going on? Gary Gensler does not have a clue what's going on. <laughs> this man is a Pretty cancer good. in the financial markets. Thank you. That was a good segue, right? Yeah, and we're going to, uh, so unless you've been living under a rock or maybe you just are healthier than we are and didn't turn your computer on yesterday. Uh, so Gensler appeared before the House Financial Services Committee and absolutely got roasted. These folks did not pull any punches. Um, and now here's the really interesting thing. Uh, and I had to go research this after, after watching. The chairman of the SEC is appointed by the president, but cannot, but the president does not have the authority to remove the chair of the SEC. It's like a term, mm -hmm. right? And so, and we're going to get into this in just a second, but so there's one congressman, uh, Warren Davidson, I believe is his name out of Ohio who introduces, or he's going to be introducing a bill. I looked for it. I couldn't find it. Uh, he's going to be introducing a bill that does away completely with the position of chairman of the SEC and puts in place an executive director, which reports to the board. Now there's five commissioners at the SEC of which Hester Pierce is one of them, right? So she's, you, you guys know who she is, right? She's that badass woman that, uh, at the SEC. They call her crypto mom. Like she's bad to the bone. But she's one of them. Uh, and right now it appears that that old GG is pulling the strings. But let's get into some clips. You guys watched it. I assume Corval, you live streamed it with, yeah. with Clay yesterday. Tali? I, I was a viewer. I was a viewer of the stream watching Corval. But um, it was interesting to, to, to hear him speak. Uh, this one congressman was like, so you're not representing the SEC at this moment. Are you? Are you not? And he was like, "I. these are my own views. He's being so iffy, not answers, mm -hmm. but... Yeah, so that, that's interesting. It was insane. All right, so let's get into some of these. We can chat about each one. So this is Warren Davidson here that we're about to watch, um, and he pulls no punches. And I guess we'll just kind of go through these systematically and see what happens here. So here we go. Chairman Gensler, your record of failures to protect investors and abuses of power make it clear that we need to restructure the Securities and Exchange Commission. The failures are many, but let me cite some of the abuses. You average more than two rules proposals a month. You inappropriately provide inappropriately short comment periods. You have unworkable and unlawful ESG disclosure mandates on the market. You have essentially a Hotel California rule for crypto where you can check in anytime you like, but you can never leave. You have endless discovery nice. with no resolution and no clarity for the captives uh, in the market. You have unworkable proposals for overhauling equity market structure, a de facto ban on crypto through proposed custody rule. You have high staff turnover, unhappy people leaving your office, and unhappy companies and capital leaving our country. Uh, to correct a long series of abuses, I'm introducing legislation that removes the chairman of the Securities and Exchange Commission uh, and replaces the role with an executive director that reports to the board where all authority would reside. Former chairs of the SEC will be un ineligible under my pr proposed bill. Uh, and this isn't just my take. It resonates across the political spectrum. The American people want democratic access to capital, retail investor participation. You can't just exclude retail investors from markets and claim it's for their own good. Our markets need to function and flourish. And I yield back. I yield back. Did, weren't we going to start a show called I Yield Back? Yeah. Or I Reclaim My Time? Yeah. That's what so. <laughs> What, what's y'all's take on this? I mean, we, we kind of started with one of the, the heavy ones, but like leading up to this, there's, and we're going to get into those videos too, but this was like a major, 
-hmm. you know, this was a major like indictment of Gary Gensler. And thank you for asking guys. I, we did have the baby. He's home. He's healthy. He's doing awesome. Uh, that's why I was gone the last couple of weeks, but now I'm back. All right. Takes Tali Corval. Yeah, that's pretty juicy, dude. That's uh so like currently if you wanted to replace the SEC chair, you'd have to impeach him. That'd have to go like a typical impeachment process through like Congress and the Senate. The the reason that they're appointed by the president and like unable to be removed is so like the chair's like term is I think like five years. So it's like if you appoint one in the middle of your presidency, a partisan taking over can't just immediately replace them, but like it's supposed to create, what do you call that? Like uh, a balance. Like they're supposed to be impartial. It's supposed to ensure that they're impartial. But, you know, it kind of gives them like unnecessary power still. <laughs> like, Can you imagine though, if we have to do three more years against her? Can you oh. even imagine? Yeah, I mean, yes. it's pretty brutal, dude. Uh, like he's saying, he's got all these new rules he's proposing, but he's just like, spitting them out we were talking about this with bebas he's just grape shotting them out just seeing what sticks <laughs> dude i have the song i'm just a bill on capitol hill playing through my head right now and you you guys may not know that one anyone old enough oh i know schoolhouse <laughs> rock knows that one tolly what's your take brother do you go to bed at night pissed off at gary Gensler? probably not like, no, you look more I fresh than i am i don't i haven't been listening to any news i've been boss of the wall just down and, and not concentrating on news except for the past three weeks i've been coming back on watching block bites daily and now i'm kind of you know seeing uh seeing the the freaking corruption collusion this guy has done and tabulating in freaking out but uh in terms of uh this motion that uh, uh what's this guy's name Anyways, what like that we just just uh, that's McHenry and then uh warren davidson is the one that introduced the bill so, so what Davidson says, I think that's interesting. Uh, would it create a, like a power vacuum? Who knows? Probably not. Um, but I, you know, I, I like what he's saying. I think uh, any anytime we want to protect the retail investor, that's what I think. That's what we're all aligned here. Well, that's what Gary for. hides behind, though. He hides behind I'm protecting the retail investor. There's but all this not. corruption and collusion that's happening in the crypto space. And nobody's in compliance, right? And it's just, it's its a bunch of horseshit. And to your point, I don't think we would have a power vacuum because essentially what this bill is saying is we want to distribute the power, right? Mm -hmm. So right now, the chair of the SEC is essentially the de facto head of the SEC. And then there's the commissioners, which I guess are underneath him is the way that I understand mm -hmm. it. And what, what he's proposing is there's an executive director. So you're, you're, the, you're the one whose ass we're going to grill. Uh, but you report back to the board and the board is, you know, the five commissioners. So totally. one of the things, too, I want to bring up that he mentioned was he was saying about specifically the retail investors. He was saying you need to be able to allow retail investors to participate. Mm -hmm. um, and that was something else that was like brought up during this hearing. I remember another congressman saying something like revising the rules to be an accredited investor because they had set like um, the the limits like 40 years ago at like. Oh, it's like a really high number. You have to have like $250,000 <clears> cash. <throat> no, no. It, so to become an accredited investor, you have to have two years mm -hmm. of income greater than 240000 a year or mm -hmm. have a million dollars cash in the bank, which does yeah. not include your house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fully financial. And they yeah. were talking about revising that to be higher to match current rates. So it's like what? Income of like a million and then you have to, or you have to have like what? Five million in the bank. 
Well, they just uh, need to they need to raise it for inflation is what mm-hmm. they need to do. I mean, that's reasonable. If these were put in the 80s, like like the cost of living has at least doubled uh, since yeah. that time, you know, but if not, I, yeah, but I, th- I, th- I think that uh, that guy's argument was basically we should make it not as financial uh, of a standard, more so uh, knowledge based. Yeah, that 100%. would make more sense because yeah. what you get is like what what. I'm always focusing on this, like the consolidation of power in like these institutions and in specific individuals. And what you're doing is you're facilitating like the wealthy can maintain wealth, but it's a lot harder for anyone to build up wealth, right? Like if I can't mm-hmm. become an accredited investor until I get a bunch of wins doing what, like gambling, <laughs> like freelance shit. Yeah, I have access or get to lucky. a bunch of, of yeah. exotic vehicles and strategies. Yesterday, actually... Kind of related, but I had a Bebus moment sitting on the toilet thinking, and uh, yeah, you know that's where that's where it happens. And um, I was just thinking, like you know, markets where we're in crypto or in traditional markets or PVP, but what what makes crypto uh, so revolutionary? And what I think TradFi needs to take from that is just it's the transparency and the ability to have a, a community within that transparency. And if we can. Uh, develop ways to to bring that like to, to show and and bring that to traditional markets and for the SEC to see like they just have to listen and, and look at us. Well, yeah. I don't think it's it's a matter of that. I think it's a matter like at this particular point in time, Gensler was appointed for a very specific reason. Um, so at the end of this, and I don't have the clip, and son of a bitch, I should have the damn clip. But there was a congressman that just started. He was the very last one to talk against. So he just started railing against him. And his final, his final question to him was, "You were the CFO under Hillary for Hillary Clinton's campaign in 2016, right?" And he he confirmed. And then he said, "Did you authorize the payment for the Steele dossier?" And it was like, "You're under oath. You need to tell us, right?" But but here's the, here's what I've come to at least learn about Gensler that I believe to be true. It may not be true, but so he he used to work for Goldman Sachs, right? He's a money guy. Mm-hmm. And supposedly he made a lot of money with GS, like to the tune of a hundred million. Right. And so he moved into the political spectrum with the Hillary Clinton campaign. And then he goes to teach blockchain at MIT, which is a good segue into this tweet that we're looking at right here, because like Scott Melker here says, we cheered Gensler when he became SEC chairman because he taught about Bitcoin and blockchain at MIT. Turns out he never even owned it. And I want to play this real quick before we continue or subject matter experts have digital wallets or own digital assets? Uh, I don't believe under our ethics rules uh, they do. Do do you own digital assets or have a digital wallet? I don't own any crypto assets. All of my securities holdings are actually digital because they're held by a broker-dealer and they're digital there. Have you you (laughs) ever owned uh, Bitcoin or another digital asset? No. Um, and so, so maybe here, most I'm guessing most folks on your you, you, on your senior staff, I'm guessing you included, have bought or sold stocks, uh, but none of them have owned, uh, or none of them currently own crypto crypto assets, but are but are in the process of making rules and regulations on crypto assets. That'd be a fair assumption. I I couldn't speak to that. I actually at MIT taught a course called Blockchain and Money. I taught cor- multiple courses called Crypto Finance and other. Courses but as but well. you didn't own any crypto. No. You taught you taught the course, but you weren't a user in the product. I did not own 
crypto assets. They're a highly speculative asset. I no, I'm not asking for, for your for your view on. It. I'm just saying it, you're 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 in the business now of making rules and regulations regarding digital assets. But you have you've taught a class on it. You've never personally owned a digital asset, any crypto, including and including Bitcoin. The only digital assets I have is my bank account and my brokerage accounts, but no crypto. Very good. I'm starting to think he might have Sorry. like a crypto Twitter account. He might so, be an influencer. This is so egregious to me, right? Like if, if, if you, if I was putting an advertisement in the yellow pages for surfing lessons, right. And you came to my class and I am speaking with authority about how to surf, but I have never had a wave shove my face into the sand where water is like coming out of my ears and I thought I was going to die because I didn't know how to breathe and I start tumbling. And then all of a sudden, like you finally catch one and you're like in the pipe and you feel the glorious nature of being one with the ocean. If I, if I fucking have never experienced that, I don't get to teach that class, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get to teach that class. That's the yeah. bottom line. And he doesn't get to be in this position of trying to regulate crypto assets or speak in authority about that when he's well, never even owned it. In Congress, you, correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't have to, you're not under oath. So you don't have to This tell is truth, under right? oath. Oh, this, this, is, this is under oath. Yeah. yeah. Okay, These, yeah, yeah. Test These testimonies are under oath. Okay. I don't know what the punishment is. I think, I guess it's just perjury, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I, I don't think, it, it'd be pretty dumb to lie about that. Cause you can track that shit. So mm -hmm. it would be pretty dumb to lie about that. Yes, it would. All right. So let's move on to the next one. So uh, let's see what we got here. We have, I just want to say he does look like a uh, GG does look like uh Mead Canyon in real life. Uh, you guys know <laughs> Mead Canyon? I have no Mead idea who Canyon. that is. A meat cannon. <laughs> meat canyon. Look it up. All right, so That's even this more is a vulgar. This is a huge one right here um, because you've got the SEC suing uh, Kraken over ETH staking, issuing Wells notices, claiming in uh, in in lawsuits that ETH is, is is a security, and he refuses to answer this. Uh, let's just watch the video real quick. Um, Ether is one of the um, most popular digital assets and powers of the Ethereum blockchain. Uh, back in 2018, then SEC Corporation Finance Director Bill Hinman uh, stated that he believed Ether was not a security. Uh, last month, CFTC Chair uh, Benham expressed his view that Ether is a commodity. Uh, the State Attorney General of New York asserted in a court filing last month that Ether is a security. Clearly, an asset cannot be both a commodity and a security. Do you agree? Um, I, I, it, actually, all securities are commodity under the Commodity and Exchange Act. It's that we are excluded commodities. Uh, actually, I would agree that a security cannot be also an excluded commodity and an included commodity. I'm sorry, Chair, just to talk about the Commodity Exchange Act more precisely. Okay, so do you recognize, uh, how would you categorize Ether then? I think that the general sweep of what Congress did, not just in the 30s, but as amended- I'm asking you, sitting in your chair now to make an assessment under the laws as exist, is Ether a commodity or a security? 
without speaking to any wine. I know you've okay. repeatedly said that you're not going to speak to facts. wine, except you've spoken to one, Bitcoin. So I'm asking you to speak to a second one, the lar second largest market cap here. And speaking to the tokens, there's 10 to 12,000. If there's a group of entrepreneurs in the <laughs> I'm asking middle, about the one. public is anticipating a profit based on the- I'm asking a specific question, Chair Gensler. I said this in private. This should be no shock to you. I'm asking this question. Is, it an e is Ether a commodity or a security? And again, it depends on the facts and the law. And if there's a group of individuals- I'm asking about the, the facts middle, and the law sitting in your seat and the judgment you are making. And so, uh, Mr. Chair, I think you, you would not want me to prejudge because I'm also- But you have prejudged on this. You've taken, you've taken 50 enforcement actions. We're finding out as we go, as you file suit, as people get Wells notices on what is a security. <laughs> Dude, that's so brutal. It's so brutal to watch. You know, like in school, like if the teacher calls on you and you don't know what to say, like you don't have the answer. So you're just like fumbling around, like uh, just the word salading it. Like uh, I think the book was about uh, happiness. It is like what he's talking exactly about. It it's McHenry it's really is fucked that. up, dude. The, the McHenry's making a point here that he's like saying, you know, we've got all these different agencies pursuing different actions and different making different claims about this because you won't fucking say yes or no. It's a security. Oh, Austin, you're muted. I'm muted. Sorry. I was laughing. I didn't want to laugh too hard into the mic. Uh, he's, he's basically saying you're litigating with the explicit argument that ether is a security. Say it, <laughs> just say mm -hmm. it, just let it come out of your mouth. <laughs> say that ether is a security or it's not. And he won't do it, which calls all his shit into question calls it all into question shizzy defi excellent analysis and comment i agree with you my friend i agree with you all right uh we have a couple more of these bad boys because i want to i want to get us over to this wallet thing because it's freaking weird man so uh next we have let's see representative tom emmer just railing again railing this dude here we go by the way, that your approach to the digital asset industry is actually driving this industry out of the United States? I'm trying to drive it to compliance. And if they're not complying with the laws, then they shouldn't be offering their products. Reclaiming my time. Uh, Madam Chair, I would like to enter into the record this Wall Street Journal article from April 14th, 2023, detailing China's ploy to open its banking system to crypto firms in an effort to seize an opportunity created by our hostile regulatory environment which, uh, Mr. Chair, you're a big With, part of. Without Look, objection. Chair Gensler, FTX was domiciled abroad and so is Binance, yet American consumers still had access to both. You can't really think that pushing this industry abroad is going to protect American consumers when it hasn't several times in the past on your watch. You say the crypto market is rife with non-compliance. However, existing SEC rules make no sense for blockchain-based companies and following them would actually kill these businesses. Your regulatory style lacks flexibility and nuance, and as a result, you've been an incompetent cop on the beat, doing nothing to protect everyday Americans and pushing American firms into the hands of the CCP. Your intention to work against SEC mission and put American investors in harm's way has been made very apparent, sir. It's been a year and a half since you've appeared before this committee. You need to answer to Congress about the issues that you've had with the SEC staff union, the work environment you've cultivated at the SEC that's led to hemorrhaging of senior staff, the intellectual inconsistency of your regulatory treatment towards Bitcoin spot ETFs 
and your politicization of capital formation opportunities times your expired. treatment of certain specs. And that Tom freaking Emmer, dude. Tom Emmer is he is just dude, he was so, he was not playing around. So here this is interesting though, because the language he used, I mean it's it's smart. Uh, pushing capital into the hands of the Chinese Communist Party when we're at a time where, you know, people are afraid of what China is doing in the world. And then just this morning, just this morning, Hong Kong classified cryptocurrency as property. This is a big mm. deal that it's classified as property. So they're, you know, they're clearly becoming friendly to the United States and nature abhors a, a vacuum. And we were talking about vacuums earlier and you know, the vacuum that is being created in the United States is, is being pushed over to Asia and, and they're going to have an advantage. Uh, so I don't know, take that for what it's worth. Yeah. Move to Hong Kong. <laughs> yep. Move to Hong Kong. Speaking of which, I wonder, yep. I wonder, I wonder how, um, uh, uh, that relates to Coinbase. Oh, oh yeah. he throws up there, Tully. And all the other exchanges. Yeah, Coinbase, I think, oh. was talking, was threatening to move overseas. Right? You're back. You're back. Yeah, so, I mean, that I did. I watched that video that you shared yeah. uh, with us, with me earlier, Tolly, um, where, you know, Coinbase was in the UK. Uh, I forget. I don't, I don't think they were meeting with Sunak. They were meeting with somebody over there and the UK is is putting together a regulatory framework that is I mean it's it's fairly decent from what I understand like it allows for innovation while putting safeguards in place this is wonderful uh, Asia is doing the same thing EU not as good right there's some weird shit going on in the EU but they're at least trying and you know with the understanding that 90% of these people that are trying to write these laws are probably like old Gensler there they think they get it. And so they think they're, they're able to legislate. And the truth is they've never, you know, they've never took a swing at the ball and, and had it hook into the woods. You know what I mean? To use a yeah. golfing metaphor. So uh, this is very, very interesting. But the, but the fact is they're trying in the United States. They're not even trying. Uh, it, they're literally saying, we already have the laws. We're coming after you. Oh, okay. What are the laws, Mr. Gensler? Well, they're very clear. They were written in 1933 and 34. You can read them right here. Okay, cool. So we're going to come in and meet with you to make sure that we can get in compliance with these laws. Okay. Come on and meet with us, which Coinbase did 30 times was given zero guidance and an enforcement action. Uh, clearly he's a bad faith actor. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's I'm done shitting on, on Gensler for the day. He's not, he's not willing to play ball. He's a rude guy. Gensler, rude guy. Won't answer a question. <laughs> you come to him ask for help, he just fucking sues you. <laughs> I wouldn't hang out with him. Uh, I bet he's no fun at parties. Fun, fun yeah, way. No. <laughs> yeah, he's probably walking right now. Just loving oh, it. He loves the hate. Masochist. <laughs> All right. So I want to get into something that honestly scared me. Uh you know, and, and, and like anything that scares the shit out of me, I read it at like midnight as I'm trying to go to bed, you know, um, and it was a very, very interesting thread, uh, that was posted when about a day ago, 
Mm -hmm. by this this person Tavano. Now she changed, or he, I don't know, changed their bio, but it did say that they worked at MetaMask. Um, and mm. so this is somebody who works at MetaMask. And I want to go through this with you guys and hopefully open up a discussion. Um, and, and we do have some extra information that we were able to kind of ascertain through talking to somebody uh, who actually had this happen to him. So, all right. So for the past 48 hours, I've been unwinding a massive wallet draining operation. I don't know how big it is, but since December 2022, it has drained 5,000 plus ETH, a bunch of tokens, NFTs, blah, blah, blah. It's wrecked my friends and OGs who are reasonably secure. Nobody knows why. Okay, so let's get into this. So if you're reading this, you're the type to be drained by this. This is not a lowbrow phishing site or a random scammer. It has not wrecked a single noob. It only wrecks OGs, so people that have been in the industry for a while. So there's clue number one that it's seeds that were generated at least a little while ago. Um, and, and you can mm -hmm. see here in this chart, all of these seeds were generated. The, the latest one looks to be October of 2022, maybe mm -hmm. <clears throat> somewhere there. Okay. So as far as I know, nobody has determined the source of their compromise. Multiple devices have been forensic. Nothing. The only known commonalities are keys were created between 2014 and 2022. Folks are those who are more crypto native than most multiple addresses work in the space. Um, Really, the only thing you need to read is this. Please don't keep all of your assets in a single key or secret phrase for years. The end. Okay, so there's more to this, which I'm going to read in a second. But so this is like a big, uh, you know, tons and tons of people were caught up in this. And you might think to yourself, you know, well, I have great OPSEC. You know, I use a ledger, blah, blah, blah. Some people with hardware wallets were caught up in this. And... <clears throat> So I want to kick it over to you guys before we like continue through this. I, I, I'm sure that you both had an opportunity to read this. Um, and it was very, very confusing. If it's confusing, somebody that works at MetaMask is definitely confusing, you know, to people. I almost said normies. We're not normal. But to people like ourselves, um, Corval, Tali, thoughts? Yeah, it's pretty freaking scary dude that's a pretty wide range 2014 to 2022 i think i generated my first one in 2018 using like my either wallet see i mean like i have i have made so many keys i don't even know dude like uh like it's fucked up man it's spooky shit and it seems like a systematic draining right like they're they're not like it's not like just like one big exploit like they're just pulling it all at once it's like over time so this is probably a pretty sophisticated actor isn't it yeah absolutely what i'm curious to to, f to find out is what if the bulk of that was ha will happen like before DeFi summer or basically when metamask was commonly used because it's not a metamask issue or maybe not that metamask but just like uh the, like the 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 experience of proving and and um and logging on to like a connecting to a, a DeFi protocol Oh, like if Web3 is like the, like those Web3 the, integrations opening up vulnerabilities. Let's, let's keep kicking through this because she actually, she, he, they, I don't know. Uh, you can't even say that these days. Uh, they uh, outline a bunch of interesting scenarios. So my best guess right now is that somebody has got themselves a fatty cache of data from one plus year ago and is methodically draining the keys as they parse them from the treasure trove. It's not cryptographic related right so they don't have like a quantum computer that's hacking through keys which may one day be an issue but it's not today 
Um, on-chain movements, blah, blah, blah. Really nothing to talk about there. Uh, the attacker, this is interesting. The attacker will swap your tokens for ETH inside your wallet before sending the ETH out. They will use MetaMask swaps, Uniswap, or OX, which is Matcha. The attacker will often miss uh, staked positions, NFTs. Successful rescue missions are common, which is interesting. For smaller amounts and assets on other EVM chains, the attacker will often bridge from one of your addresses to another, or even from victim one to victim two to victim three, which is interesting. And this guy here is going, oh my God, this particular ENS name robbed me. And, and no, that was just another victim. And then they swap them out and they mix them up and blah, blah, blah. So um, something we hmm. want to talk about down here. Uh, yeah. So recent IPs are a lot of hide my, which is a hide my ass VPN, I believe. Uh, but a lot of IPs and UAs have been seen. VPNs, non-VPNs, proxies, unlabeled stuff, usually Windows Chrome, but Firefox, Mac Chrome have been seen as well. Uh, scrolling down a little bit. Uh, let's see. Okay. To be, to be completely clear, this is not a MetaMask-specific exploit. Users of all wallets, even those created on a hardware wallet or generated for the Ethereum presale, 2014, have been impacted by this. This source of this exploit is unidentified and I'm trying to find it. And then if I scroll down here, they linked uh, linked over to this. Seeds actively used in MetaMask have been drained. Seeds not actively used in any MetaMask have been drained. People who are not MetaMask users have been drained. A few 24 word seeds created via hardware wallet have been drained. At least two presale gen Genesis wallets have been drained. All right, so that was the one that really like, I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm not going to get any freaking sleep tonight. Right. And so, you know, we think to ourselves that we've got this, you know, really good OPSEC and uh, we have to be smarter about it. So yesterday, <clears throat> you know, I overhauled everything. Um, and I, so my, you know, essentially I have multiple hardware wallets. Um, I have grid plus, I have two ledgers. I ordered three more yesterday, just, you know, and scatter them all over uh and uh i have keystone which i don't really use i have i've got all of them um and i have a dedicated computer just for crypto that doesn't touch anything else right so all of my crypto is done on a dedicated computer which is really just to try and get past that you know pretend like i'm going to click on a discord link that's going to do x y and z um and when you know like when you generate a seed on your ledger device, for example, it's only displayed on your ledger, right? It's not, it does not go online in any way, shape or form. You need to write that down. And I would say go a step further and get yourself one of those metal plates where you can say it's called an ELIPAL, E-L-I-P-A-L, get a metal plate uh, and, and get yourself a safe. A really big fucking strong safe and put guns in that safe too. <laughs> Merga. <laughs> and and lock that shit up, bro. Um, and be, you know, be serious about it. Like go to whatever length of insane you can. Um, and then because, go a step further. And then go a step further. Right. Like I don't like I shoot videos on a hot wallet that has zero dollars in it. Maybe it maybe it'll have a hundred dollars in it at most, but I never use a non-secured wallet ever, ever, ever for anything, you know. I, I need a, I need a refresher course on OPSEC because I'm really horrible. So please, no one hack me right now. I need to... <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I'll hold off. I'll hold off for a day. Tall. You got a day. But this is important, guys, because look, we take this shit 
Mm, I don't take it for granted, but a lot of people take it for granted. Right. And Mm. what we don't understand is like, you're like, dude, you'd be surprised how many people operate on mobile MetaMask only unsecured. Right now you can hardware wallet, a mobile MetaMask now with the Keystone wallet. But, but to be honest, a lot of people do that. Like, oh geez. Like I had a buddy of mine who had been in the industry for years who did nothing but mobile MetaMask. I don't even know how. And, uh, unsecured. Like he had all of his money on his phone. Mind blowing to me. Mind on, blowing a, to on, me. A, on, on a, so is there any, um, information on whether they use mobile wallets? These, uh, from this thread? So it, it was all types of wallets. So the bottom line is this is coming down to a seed phrase. It's got to come down to a seed phrase. Somehow seed phrases were obtained. That's, that's really like what I ascertained from this. It has nothing. So John steps, um, here's what I, I want to tell you what I believe. So I actually talked with somebody or I didn't personally, but I, I got some information from somebody, uh, who had this happen to them. <clears throat> it was a non hardware wallet wallet. Uh, it was generated with my Ether wallet years ago. It, it, it has been sitting dormant and it, it was a key store file, meaning you generate it uh, and they give you like this little JSON file that you upload and then you type your password in and that accesses it, right? So, um, and it had been stored in a safe for years on a USB and it got, it got sucked. So what that tells me is that at the point of, I want to say seed creation. It sounds like, like maybe a server was accessed or something like it shouldn't even be accessible on a server, but they also said that keys that were generated on a ledger device were also hacked. And you might say to yourself, well, how could that happen? Here's the way that that happens. You're switching to a new computer. You set up your MetaMask. It says, do you want to restore from seed? You say, Oh, I've got one of those (laughs) and you enter it. Instead of realizing that all you had to do is plug your ledger in and now you've taken your secure ledger and you've made it hot. And once it's hot, it's hot. Like there's no going back. Um, mm-hmm. And that happens a lot. There was actually, I think it was, was it NFT God uh, who had that happen to them like not too long ago. And that was a thread that we went through. Right. Yeah. A lot, and so, lost like millions. Yeah. And, and like somebody started emailing his, his Substack list, like all sorts of shit happened. And so, you know, bottom line is you generate your seed, you put it on your metal disc or you write it down until you can get yourself a metal disc and you lock that shit away and you never, ever, ever enter that online. You don't take pictures of it on your iPhone. You don't, you don't do shit. You lock that thing away and you forget about it, except in case of emergency. That's the only time you need it. Um, And so, you know, that's my very, very strong recommendation to everyone. And I'll bet there are people watching this who have significant assets that are not secured by a $200 hardware wallet. And I know that I just know that that's happening right now. And I need you to hear me buy the hardware wallet, move your shit out of that hot MetaMask. Tali, I see your face. I see it. <laughs> I know. I know it's you, bro. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh. Cool. 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 Thank you. That makes me feel so much better. <laughs> I still need to move some funds on there. Dude, you know what? I love grid plus. Have you guys used a grid plus? We're not paid nope. by them. They're not a sponsor. It looks like this. Let me show you this. Whoa. <laughs> All right. It's a big it, block. It, it shows you a fully readable transaction. You can label smart contracts. So like if I am doing a withdrawal from Liquid Driver, it'll say you're interacting with Liquid Driver right now. Um, it's freaking banging. And they've got these things called safe cards. 
And what you do is you put your seed on the safe card and you just stick it into the side and that's one seed, pull it out. You want to go to your completely other seed. That's like some other random amount of wallets. Just plug it right into the side. The cards are like 20 bucks a piece. And they did a, they did a thing where they put a hundred ETH on a safe card. And they said, anyone that can hack this, you can have it basically. Um, and I don't, I don't remember exactly how they distributed it. Uh, but, but nobody can hack it. Nobody could get the information off the safe card. It's like a little, uh, chip like you see in your debit cards very 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 cool uh this but this is yeah yeah dude they're they're hard to get they're like 400 and they're always sold out uh but it's one of the coolest hardware wallets out there you can't really travel with it you gotta have a ledger yeah but it only takes one time my friends just one time of of the north koreans being smarter than you and you know they're smarter than me like i <laughs> promise you they're smarter than me like yeah you know you ever seen that meme where it's like there's a guy in a cave out there and he's just training every day to kill you and like you have to essentially take your life as seriously as this guy who only wakes up every day to train to kill you. Uh, that's like true with like North Korean hackers. They wake up every day. Their whole job is to try and like exploit you like right. that's all they're doing. They're trying every possible way and they have yeah. the support of their government. So like no one can stop them. <laughs> I, I want to clarify real quick the hardware wallet thing. This is really important. Hardware wallet seeds never touch the internet. They're generated on your little device. And mm -hmm. as long as you don't put them on the internet, they have never been on the internet, right? So unless somebody comes into your house and takes a picture of your seed, they're not going to get it. So yeah, exactly. Like Basot is saying, hope I didn't say your name wrong. Uh, if, if somebody with a hardware wallet generated seed gets hacked, it's because they put it online somehow some way they took a picture of it because they were too lazy to write it down they saved it on last pass right they did whatever people do those are not things you should be doing uh never do any of that like and and like have your you know i i switched out my my accounts because i've had i've used these accounts for like three four years and I, I just like my security has gotten much better in the last couple of years. And, but I just couldn't promise myself in my heart. I didn't do something stupid two years ago or three years ago, you know? And so it was just time for a change. Uh, and so I changed it, got my seed, locked it in my little metal case and put it in safe. And, and that's it. And I know that that's the only place it's ever been, you know? So totally. But the, yeah. the thing with our space too, is like uh, we get stressed, like the way that security evolves, OPSEC security evolves is through stress testing and hacks. So we're, we're always on the, on the back, uh, back foot. So it is, uh, it is scary to that degree. Mm -hmm. Indeed. And you know what some people can do? Like I always, I always recommend, uh, um, an isolated computer just for your crypto stuff. And some people say, well, I can't afford that. <clears throat> you can, you can get a used laptop and wipe it. Uh, they, they have these little 10 inch hundred dollar, Chromebooks that you can get like at yeah. Walmart, right? Get yourself mm -hmm. one of them, like whatever, just get something that does nothing but crypto secure it. And, and that means no emails. It means no, no Skype. It means no discord, no telegram, nothing. It does not touch outside of the crypto world, you know? Mm -hmm. So totally. this is definitely something to keep your eye on. I, I'm really interested to see what the actual vulnerability is. I know a lot of private like investigators for lack of a better word are looking into it and also metamask is looking into it um yeah. trying to find out what the hell is happening i'll be interested to see what they come up with but just like better safe than sorry you know 
better mm -hmm. safe than sorry. And so if you're, you know, if you've been around for a while, remember these are OGs, these are people that have been around a while. So if you've been around a while and you've been using the same accounts secured by the same seed, because one seed gives you hundreds, maybe thousands of accounts. I don't know how many you get, but you need a new seed, not a new account, because this, many accounts can be under the same seed. Go generate a new seed for yourself and move your shit over to it. What's the worst that can happen? You lose four or five hours of your time, <laughs> depending on how much dust you have to send, right? Like it yeah. can be a long time. But, but I mean, that's the worst that can happen. Uh, if you know, or you send to the wrong address, don't do that, but you know, whatever. So be safe, be safe because it only takes one time for all of your effort, all of your knowledge, everything that you've amassed to be gone. So don't let that happen because it happens to really smart people. So, all right, that's my, that's my rant. I'm done. One more thing we wanted to talk about today uh, was Apple and Goldman. Let's, mm -hmm. let's talk about that for a second. So Tali, I want to kick this one over to you, brother. What is going on with this? So Apple came out with like a savings account for four point something APY. What's the deal here? Yeah. 4.15. So speaking of uh, UX with uh, OPSEC, we'll get into that, that speculation, but basically, um, Apple it has released the Apple card and they have this new savings account from like a normal bank account. We've got Suvlaki that posted a nice uh, thread on Twitter. I think it was, yeah, it was yesterday. Uh, just explaining that this account is underwritten by Goldman Sachs. So you have to understand the inner workings of Goldman Sachs first and how that 4.15% APY is generated. And if you look, I'm going to try to share my screen here. But yeah, so in the meantime, if you basically if you look at the different banks, you've got JP Morgan Chase, which is at the top in, in the US, and then you've got all the other banks. And Goldman Sachs is, you know, a little uh, is a smaller bank, more so focused on investment banking, trying to get into uh, retail uh, banking. And what the advantage of having retail banking gives you is you have a lot of cash and what we call CTE one, so common equity. Uh, uh, tier one capital. So that's just um, your uh, cash, basically uh, weighted to your risk, uh, your risk assets. And so the less risk assets you have per cash, the more you're flexible in high volatility environments. So when you think of Goldman Sachs, which has less uh, common equity uh, tier one capital than JP Morgan, then you're like, okay, so where is this uh, capital going to come from? Uh, so I think uh, this is a move it's been announced a year ago, but this is a move that is like trying to, you know, take some of those retail banking deposits. So that's mm -hmm. interesting, uh, to see like how they're going to, uh, perform in that space. But the story behind this, this APY is that it's variable and it's temporary. And right. so you just have to watch out for that. Um, and so they're obviously in taking, they're taking people's money. They're putting them in, I would imagine, a three-month treasury yield right now, which is which is north of five percent, right? And and Chase did the same thing. You know, I I bank with lots of banks because I'm weird and I don't trust any of them. Uh, but one of them is Chase, and I got hit up by my my dude, my Chase dude, and he was like, "Yo, three month, uh, three month CDs are at four percent right now," and I'm like, "What kind of crack are you smoking?" until I realized what was happening is they're trying to shore up deposits and why wouldn't they pay 4% when they're earning 5%? Like, why wouldn't they do that? That is a no brainer move. 
you know, and they're short term CDs too. Uh, so, all right, carry on, Tully. Sorry to cut you off, buddy. Yeah, no, no. So, so th that's right. And, and basically, um, uh, sorry, my Brave browser is lagging right now. Uh, yeah, so I won't be able to share a screen. Can I send you something? I think there's a really cool chart. I'd like people yeah, put it in the chat. I'll throw it up for you, buddy. Sweet. Yeah, so um, so basically, yeah, the depo like deposits have been on the decline uh, since 2023, and um, now all the banks are scrambling to get more deposits from retail. And uh, so we'll have to see if if Goldman Sachs uh, does well. But um, now with the the Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, crisis and, and all those like small banks, the, there's a consolidation towards the big, big banks. And uh, Goldman had like a, a really poor performance with uh, fixed income trading. So at the end of the day, this um, in, influx of capital because of this Apple card um, is probably just going to be zero sum and taken from uh, the market. So we're not going to see the end of like that, uh, those collapses in the market uh anytime soon but in terms of the apple apple card uh we had we were talking earlier we've had some interesting conversations with the future of apple within uh the space of crypto and uh this is interesting and then if you think about you know the apple's privacy uh, uh pri focus on privacy with their phones and whatnot how they're building uh you know like their data database uh, on the phone specifically um Putting you know, the white paper on every new Mac. Yeah, like, there you yeah. go. So, <laughs> so it'd be interesting to see how, uh, you know, we could see a main like tech company come in when you see all those, uh, the other ones like Meta and whatnot uh, retreating. But if you think of Apple and their releases, they're always super, super sleek and presented and you get the pro like the products available when it comes out. So, there's a good chance that if ever we see something, it's going to be ready to use. And the UX, Apple is known for their UX and UIs. It's going to be an amazing experience. So I don't Apple know if we're going to be we're going to be able to to, to test it in the in the beginning. If we're, if we're going to want to test it uh, on the on our phones, but I don't know. I think it, it's it'll be way easier than uh, having your hardware wallet juggling from left, right, and center. So. So Apple could be Apple could take over the crypto game. The new iPhone could be a direct competitor to the Solana smartphone. <laughs> Wait, so are, are you are you inferring that potentially Apple will come out with like a default crypto wallet on? So this is kind of we talked about this earlier, but I I want to clarify for anyone watching. So are you saying potentially Apple could come out with like a DeFi wallet or excuse me a default wallet on all new iPhones biometrically? you know, locked, et cetera, because, you know, right now your phones are biometrically locked if you have face ID on. Mm -hmm. And somebody had asked earlier, why are mobile wallets much more riskier? And, and to that, I would say that 99% of links that I open, I do so on my cell phone uh, because they're coming because everything that I'm getting comes through here. Right. But at the same time, I also have a little bit greater level of trust in the iPhone operating system than I do in Windows 11, <laughs> to, you know what I mean? To not get bugged. Uh, and so, you know, that's just that. So is that kind of what you're hinting at, Tali? Yeah, listen, we're speculating. Who knows what's going to happen, yeah. but they have been increasing their focus on privacy. And uh, any like any developer you're going to talk to that um, uses like 
you know, like uh, those like messaging apps where, where you get a lot of scammers, they're going to say like a, an Apple phone is the way to go. So. Okay. Yeah, Apple see. has like a really neat like garden wall thing they got going on. I mean, it's become less. I mean, as they've grown, it's obviously been filled with more stinker like the App Store. You think the App Store, there's a couple ones that are kind of like yeah. it's risky. But for the most part, Apple's really good at ensuring that it, like a quality product. So it is like kind of like the dream, right? That would be like optimal. It, it would make sense if, if they were shifting to the crypto space. And I think with this Goldman Sachs thing, it's showing that they're a little bit more comfortable taking uh, direct, like, I don't know if it's yeah. direct fiduciary <laughs> control or like responsibility, but yeah, well, the Apple card, rails. the Apple card was, was kind of like a, a great indicator of that. But, and like to tie that back to Goldman Sachs and everything, if you, if they enter the crypto space and people start to transact with the Apple card uh, or Apple pay, whatever using crypto. Now we're gonna have to think of all the fee taking that occurs at different levels of like Apple taking a fee, then as for Apple pay and then uh, Goldman taking a fee or commission. And then wherever they trade their crypto or whatever, the fees and the exchange rates there. So uh, retail is going to get absolutely sewered and uh, there's going to be uh, some great arbitrage opportunities for DeFi users and uh, sophisticated traders and uh, TradFi markets. So you, you see that Elon is he he's hinting, but very overtly hinting that he wants to turn Twitter into a payments platform as well. And it would be silly if Apple was not like, like they, we've had Apple pay for a long time. Obviously they're making some money off of that, but it, they're not like a true payments platform like PayPal maybe is, or like, you know, but, but if we in this country, the United States get a more favorable regime and a regulatory framework that makes sense, you know, because like Apple's domiciled in Ireland, you guys know that, right? Like mm -hmm. they, tax Ireland's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they're located in the United States, but they're not located in the United States and they've got buku bucks. Um, and so one, one tweet that I wanted to show, you know, before we wrapped up, which I think is really important because I've been so frustrated over what's happening in the United States. Like I have four kids moving outside of this country is not a very easy thing for a guy like me, but I work in this industry. I love this industry. I'm passionate about this industry. I, I don't want to see it go away in the United States specifically, but I damn sure will move to wherever it's still working. Uh, Ryan Selkis, who is, uh, he's one of the founders of Masari or the founder of Masari. Mm -hmm. He says, I'm helping spearhead a hundred million dollar multi-entity pro crypto political campaign over the next 18 months. I'm putting my time, energy and money where my mouth is this morning. He's talking about the Gensler shit was a small taste of what's to come. Good morning in America. Let's fucking go. And, uh, so, you know, while the most vocal and problematic seem to be the ones that are coming down on crypto, the reality is there's a huge tide underneath that of pro crypto people that are pushing us in the right direction. And so I'm going to make a prediction here and I don't know how, how long it'll take for this prediction to come true. Um, but you know, if you, if, if you want change, you've got to let something expand to the point that it becomes painful. At least that's the way that it is in my life. And I think this overarching, I don't know, Armageddon that they're trying to inflict upon the cryptocurrency world. So on the one hand, let's say they weren't doing that and we got some like rinky dink regulation that didn't, didn't like 
passed the test, you know, two years down the road and we had to come back in and redo it. But with them pushing so freaking hard, it's, it's, it's forcing the pro crypto people to raise up and start to fight back. And thereby what I think we're going to get, hopefully we're going to get is not just pro crypto and pro innovation regulation, but regulation uh, that was streamlined and written by people who understand cryptocurrency and understand the needs of what we're driving towards. And I, I think a lot of people like to shit on Coinbase, you know, but I, I the, the reality, at least from my perspective, is that Brian Armstrong is very favorable to DeFi. He's very favorable to decentralization. He's very favorable to get your assets off of this exchange. You know, for a fact, Kraken is. Uh, they send out emails saying, dude, get your shit off the exchange. What the hell are you doing? Um, but but so, I mean, there's going to be regulation for centralized entities, but they need to be really sen they need to be sensitive as to how they try and regulate the decentralized entities because they're trying to. Um, and in fact, there's a comment period out right now. Um, on the SEC website uh, talking about the definition of exchange. I forget what the hell it was. Um, yeah. Do you understand they, what I'm talking about? Yeah, they were, uh, they're talking about how they need to regulate DeFi and they were essentially saying like, oh, we, we need you to tell us how we can even uh, do it because we can't figure it out. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. This was the gist of the paper. <laughs> If it's not if it's not reasonable, DeFi is not going to uh, abide by regulation. And if mm -hmm. there's no regu like if uh, the U.S. is just like okay, no, we're not we're we're sticking to our guns, then DeFi is just not going like crypto is not going to be in the U.S. And then that's it. The U.S. Mm -hmm. going to fall by the wayside. So they they're between a rock and a hard place because I guess they want to see legacy uh, you know institutions survive and they see it as a threat. But there's a way to incorporate crypto and to take advantage of it and to you know not stifle innovation and all that good jazz so i support ryan selkis he can get a little political at times but i support this 100 percent, and i think he, yep. he is well intended unfortunately you know we talked about how you know like ftx was making these massive donations uh probably just to try and like cover their own asses but uh, unfortunately, in America, that is we, like we don't know why they were doing anything. Yeah. So. yeah, I mean, I don't really know, but unfortunately, in America, that is the way to kind of like make sure your agenda is heard and your perspective is heard. Is you really do have to participate in the mud wrestling game that is politics. <laughs> like you, you, you gotta make donations. You gotta get the meetings. So, uh, yeah, we have to support. You know, this Masari guy. We gotta support Brian Armstrong because at least they're trying to get the crypto positive thoughts into the conversation. Otherwise it's we just going to be, you know, we, we need that Sam Bankman freed without the Adderall and um, deviancy or whatever the case may be. We, need, <laughs> you, we actually need a spokesperson that know that is well connected and that has those, uh, those like friends. In you well, the thing about SBF is he was, he was putting on one face to us. And the reality is he was working like, way against the industry he was just playing uh, league of legends dude he, yeah. he had yeah. the one face and then he was yeah. playing league of legends all the rest of the time yeah he was not a good kid uh <laughs> he just yeah. wasn't all right we're at the end of the show ladies and gentlemen do me a favor like the video subscribe to the channel i just appreciate you guys so much to show up for this every day man i've been watching since i've been out and reading the comments and thank you so much to everyone that continues to show up and support us every day i love that we like are just like this 60 person 70 person 80 person family every day and we just get together and learn and hash this shit out man it's fun it's fun yeah. i dig it's it real. man i dig it all right ladies and gentlemen let's get the hell out of here emmett take us home brother